the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. When we sincerely turn our lives over to God, our goal is to obediently live for Him until He calls us home. Some, however, turn away from God as if they never knew Him. How can that be? God's Word has the answer. The Bible tells us that there are some who call themselves Christians, yet they are not a part of the family of God because though they appeared to be with us, they were not truly among us because they denied that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Heaven forbid! Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us. And the church is so fragmented because you got people in the pew that says, uh, has not the Lord spoken to us also? Uh-oh. Now look at this now. Look at the next one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Five words. And the Lord heard it. Underline that. That is so powerful. Stop speed reading the Bible. You read too fast and you miss what God is trying to say. The scripture says right there, and the Lord heard the words of Aaron and Miriam. Let me tell y'all something right there. Watch your mouth. Repeat after me. Watch my mouth. Do you realize, if you realize, if you stay cognizant of the fact that the Lord was listening to you, a whole lot of things you wouldn't say. And a whole lot of cussing would leave your mouth. And a whole lot of gossip and backbite would leave. Y'all forget that the Lord is hearing you. That's why you talk the way you talk. Cocky and arrogant. It says, and the Lord heard it. And uh-oh, here's what happened. Look at verse 4. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three. Uh-oh. You ever had, when you were young, you ever, you ever heard your daddy and mama say, y- 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 y'all come here. You ever heard those words? Y- y'all come here. Come. My mama, daddy said, not, you just come here. Randy, Bonnie, Vicky, Sammy, come here. Boy, when they start calling names, ooh, you know something to happen. And here he is, God is calling names. Moses, Aaron, and Mary. Let me tell you, God knows your name now. Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Now, you know what a tabernacle of meeting, that represents the presence of God among his people. He pitched his his tent among his people. It It represented the presence of God. So the three came out as the Lord asked. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both went forward. You see, Miriam was was used by God to save her brother Moses from the Nile River. And she was also a prophetess who led the Jewish women in praising God. So she was a leader in the church in the sense that she led the music ministry. 
But then she probably kind of got off. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of using my sanctified imagination. You don't mind. Let me just, run. Um, 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 Moses, now you, who, 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 you, you say God speaking through you, but he speaks to us too. But now you got to watch yourself. I saved you out of that now. I'm just saying, uh, remember, I changed your pampers. You know, you, you don't, don't forget, we family and we saw you come into this world, you know, being. <laughs> Aaron was the oldest sibling appointed by God to assist Moses in confronting Pharaoh. And he was also appointed by God to be Israel's first high priest. Moses marrying an Ethiopian, a Cushite, non-Jewish woman suggests that Zipporah uh, had died and Moses had remarried. Out of jealousy of Moses' position and influence, Aaron and Miriam complained against Moses. They even complained against the man's wife. You know, messing with the preacher's wife. And, and, And Moses spoke against his authority. Perhaps Miriam, and so look what happens. Look at the chastening. Look at the chastening in Numbers 12, 9 through 11. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed. And when the cloud had departed from the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam and there she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Man. The cloud lifts and Miriam is leprous. Perhaps Miriam became leprous because she was the instigator. Scripture don't say, but that's just a hypothetical situation. However, Aaron was humiliated as a priest and confessed, uh, but did not become leprous because of his high priestly position. Leprosy would have disqualified Aaron from the priesthood. This is the same God, my friend. He, he says, I'm the Lord, thy God, and I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And God has me here as his mouthpiece to tell you today to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth when you're at your home. Watch your mouth how you talk to your husband. You, watch your mouth, husband, how you talk to your wife. You don't call her woman. You don't mess around over her. You don't, you don't tell her, go sit yourself down somewhere and shut up. You don't tell her that. Leave me alone. I'm watching television. You, you don't do that. You don't talk her down. Watch your mouth, children, when you're talking to your parents. Watch your mouth. Don't raise your voices. You watch your mouth. You have, you're not paying rent or, or, or mortgage. You, you don't pay for the food in that house. Or you just make your bed and clean the toilet. And clean the room and go rake some leaves. Watch your mouth, children. Watch your mouth. Oh, lot of watch your mouth in the church and in meetings. God is watching and God is hearing. And God is still in the getting you business. He still knows how to take you to the divine woodshed and whoop your backside. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I'm through with that. Let me go on to the next one. Why is speaking against leadership so disastrous? Number four, it is a tremendous opportunity for Satan to do his best work. And he he does it through people who can't keep their mouth shut and who make more mess than leadership can clean up. 
You see, number five, it keeps the church from reaching her God-given potential. You know, some churches, they 50 and 60 years old and still can't grow, still fussing and fighting. Some churches own 25 members and half of them split because of divisiveness and strife and backbiting. And uh, by the grace of God, I'm the only pastor this church has had. And we started a little one, one, a little one room YMCA building uh, back in May of uh, 1988. But do you realize if that was not the unity of the spirit here and people was not submissive to authority and we weren't working together in unity of the spirit, there's no way we would have these kinds of facilities. There's no way we'd be sitting on 34 acres of land. There's no way we could have global missions all around the world. There's no way we could be on television and radio and all these other things. No way we could do none of this stuff unless we were determined to operate in the unity of the spirit and everybody keeping his and herself in check to the glory of almighty God. Why don't you say amen? So it keeps the church from reaching her God-given potential. Number six, you know what? When you speak against leadership, it destroys unity and ushers in division. It makes for divisiveness. It destroys the unity. And God, as Satan uses grumbling and mumbling and shenanigans to do that. Number seven, it discourages those who serve faithfully in the trenches of ministry. Sometimes people that do the most grumbling are those people who do nothing. Some of y'all, you act just like silly cowboy fans or Spurs fans. You, you're not in the game, but you're screaming at, what's that quarterback of another, all that money and can't hit a free throw. Well, that's some truth in that, but, but, uh, but, 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 but how many can you hit? You know, you're not out there. It's easy to be on the sideline saying who can't shoot. And who can't run? And he's always fumbling. Let him get in some hot water, and there goes the ball out of his hand. Okay, well, you, can, you let them 400-pound folk breathe down your neck. You fumble some balls, too. <laughs> you see, it's easy to sit and scream at the television and be, re- be mad at Tony and Tim and all those folk. But when you get in the game and you're doing the work of God, you don't, you're so busy working for the master that you don't have time for no mess. You get, don't you know you one day closer to the grave and you one day further from the cradle? Don't you know your time is almost up? Don't you know it's too late in the evening for any of us to be messy? Huh? It's too late in the evening for you to be be messy. Well, I'm trying to get it together. And I don't have time to work to try to find out your faults. I got enough on my end to be working out. Uh, so it, that's what it does. Uh, number eight, grumbling and complaining causes one to lose his or her anointing. In other words, you lose power and, and the strength, your strength diminish, your reputation diminish. It, it does something when you grumble. You, you affect your anointing. Number nine, saints who are attracted to complainers will miss kingdom opportunities. In other words, God could give you more, but because of your mouth, you don't get any more. You talk yourself out of blessings from God. You'll never win people to Christ or do greater things for him if you immerse yourself in what's wrong with the church, what's wrong with preachers, and what's wrong with Christians. I've had people tell me, well, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites in the church. Well, why don't you join and help straighten them out? If you that right, and you that genuine, amen, you that holy, well, we need you. You come help us with the hypocrites. 
Don't tell me there's a lot of hypocrites in the church. Why don't you come be part of the problem? If I mean, part of the solution, rather. You may be part of the problem, but <laughs> come be part of the solution. Hypocrites in the church. I said, well, okay, you come here and unhypocrite them. Whatever that is. <laughs> Listen, Christians aren't perfect. We're just forgiven when we confess. The church is a hospital where Jesus, the great physician, makes wounded people whole. People come here with all kinds of issues. This is a spiritual hospital. Whosoever will, let them come. Now, I'm going to scare some of y'all. Watch this. You prostitute, come on in here. All right. You gay, come on in here. Yeah. That's right. You drunkard, come on in here. You a liar, come on in here. You mess around with somebody that's not your husband or wife, come on in here. You say, why come in here? You bring all the folk in here? Yeah. You say, why? Because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And the scripture said, how can they hear without a preacher? I'd rather have them here listening to the word. Now, they can't join and get in the choir or be in the music. They can't do all that. Now, that's some restrictions. But, but they can come and put themselves in position to hear and, and prayerfully get redeemed, get saved. You know, some of y'all get so holy, you can't reach unholy folk. You got the holy club. Mailman got to be holy. Your plumber got to be saved. The carpet cleaner got to be saved. Yeah, everybody come here. Well, who, where's your witness? Yes. How many pagans in your life? How many pagans in your life? I'm gonna tell you. I, I, I don't know why. What more messing with me? I'm just telling on myself. Everything. I was. So I was. Uh, my wife took our grandkids out. We went to Disney World. And so, you know, you ever you know it's called, called dinner clubs where you go out to dinner. Um, uh, it was a dinner club uh, uh, where, where it's a dinner where you eat dinner and you watch a dinner theater. That's what I'm trying to say. Where they you hear uh, they do a performance and you. And so we went to the Pirates. They were pretty good. But then we went one called Al Capone. I didn't know what I was going to on a Saturday night. So I, just, I didn't know what Al Capone was. You know, it was, those those gangster days and all that. And so. I, my wife and I was sitting in there, and then all of a sudden things started looking a little funny. It was a Saturday night, too. You know, usually I'm a bad message, but I'm on vacation down there in Florida. And then I saw all these pagans around me, and guys tattooed all up, all down, and they had all stuff all in. This guy did look like this and show tattoos all in here. And I said, uh, so my wife and I blessed our food. We thought that was a good thing to do before we ate. <laughs> so we, <laughs> it was time to pray. So, so we prayed. So it's a pagan on this side of me. And I said, man, I'm in a pagan place. I said, this is a pagans in here. I'm in the wrong place. God told me, no, you right where I want you to be. Because I wouldn't have walked in there if I didn't know if I'd know where I was going. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. So my wife prayed. And so this one hunched me. He said, well, I would pray, but I'm, I'm too embarrassed to do that. And so I said, well, why would you be embarrassed to pray? I said, man, it's so much hell and sin and corruption. Matter of fact, we can, we can ill afford not to pray. And man, I started talking to this one. There was another big guy over there. 
And he, I mean, he was all, I mean, just messed up, you know, and tattoos. I mean, I was, he looked scary. I was glad it was a man in between him and me, <laughs> you know. And so I said, why you got all that in your tattoo? You know, I started being curious and, you know, and, and then his relatives crossed her. She said, well, I got him here and I got him here. And then she used to pull her pants down the back and look, I got some. And so I said, no, don't pull them down too far now, you know. She said, I got them all on my, and they were just proud in their sins. And I kept talking and witnessing. I told my wife, the Lord brought us in here to remind us that we need to stay sensitive to pagans and to the folk that don't know the Lord. And you can't get so holy that you can't be around them. Because you got to be around some unholy folk to reach them for Christ. Not just because you're around them, you got to be like them. But you ought to be able to minister with your presence and with your godliness and with your praying and with your testimony. And we did that there. And we could leave there knowing we had made an impact on the table. And the man, was, one man was just as crazy as he could be. I'm going to get back to the message. He, he, you know, with some it's a, a cheesecake and the same big man with, with all his tattoos all over him. And he took his cake and was laid across the, the table. We happened to look, my wife didn't see it. And he just took his tape, he took his tongue, he did, he did one of those numbers. And his tongue went out like a snake and started. And I just dropped my lips and I, I just, I froze. I froze. In his time, his time was about this long and it went out like a snake and it went, and then he did like that one of those numbers. And I'm just sitting. I said, God, how did I get here? You got, you got a sense of humor. But you know, I was glad I was there. I was so glad I was there. We ate another restaurant and this lady, she said, I'm doing the best I can. She said, I'm a single parent. My husband went off and left me for another woman. I got six children I'm trying. And, um, and I tipped her a nice tip. And I could give me your hand, let me pray. And she started weeping and crying all over the place. And just all, everywhere. I mean, I could just count story after story. Everywhere. Just drop the seat. Because people need to hear the death of Christ. And I don't want to ever get so holy that I can't reach people. You know, some of y'all can't reach them because you too judgmental. You talking about how bad they are. They, you where they gay. Well, they know they gay. You ain't got to tell them that. They already know what they are. Yes, sir. Tell them about Jesus. Yes. Now I go on. I ain't sell this first service, but somebody need to hear that. Amen. God, God got me going a different direction this message. But let's go on. How are we to respond to complaining? How are we to respond to complaining? Number one, respond prayerfully. What you do is you pray instead of complain. If we did more praying than complaining the church would be a stalwart in the faith. Number two, refuse to gossip. Refuse to gossip. Gossip doesn't help anything. Satan loves juicy gossip for the purpose of bringing down the church and misrepresenting God. Number three, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Don't put your mouth ahead of your ears. And when you do speak, speak in wisdom, speak factually, be quiet and trust God. If you don't know what you're talking about, or if you don't have all the facts, be quiet. Be quiet. 
Number four, uh, never be a part of the problem when there are issues. Being a part of the solution brings glory to God. Being part of the solution brings glory to God. Number five, examine your motives. Examine your motives. Are you complaining because you're selfish? Or do you grumble because you're holding a grudge against somebody in leadership? Are you holding on a grudge of uh, somebody on your job or in your marriage or in your wife or children or siblings? Are you partial and that's why you grumble? Is a decision being made that is just not your personal preference? Excuse me, but God is not concerned about your opinions nor your personal preferences. He's only concerned about what says the Lord. Is your motive when you speak to build up or to tear down? You see, examine your motives and it keeps you in check before our Lord. Number six, if the complaint is legitimate, there are some legitimate complaints. You can complain without grumbling. Address the issue immediately and decisively in the spirit of Christ. Look with me at Acts chapter six, verses one through five. Acts chapter six, verses one through five. It says, uh, now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in daily distribution. Then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. The Grecian widows were being neglected. And a complaint went out and, and Peter and the apostles said, we will not leave the word of God. They had their priorities set, but they delegated men who had good reputation. They, 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 they delegated men who were full of wisdom and full of the Holy Ghost. Reputation, Holy Ghost, and full of wisdom. Those are the kind of persons you want in leadership. People who have a good reputation. And folks said, ooh, if you only knew how he was. People who are full of the Holy Ghost and people of wisdom. You see, and Paul and, and the rest of the crew, the apostles, they stay faithful to the dissemination of the gospel and prayer. Let me tell you something. With that being said, I can't be all things to all people and make an impact for God. I only have so much energy to expend. That's why we have to have leadership. That's why we have to have people coming alongside to help me do this great work of God. God did not design this work for me to do by myself. That's why he's given gifts in the body of Christ so that we can all work with our spiritual gifts to the glory of God in building up the body of Christ. Number seven, when addressing complaints involve only those who need to be included and no one else. Minimize the work of Satan and maximize the work of God. You know what happens? Sometimes with something of, of the devil, people t tell their best friend and say, now don't you tell nobody. But that person got a best friend and then they tell you, don't, don't you tell nobody. That person got a best friend and, they and you know what? By the time it gets 15 people down, the whole story has totally changed. If something originates from Satan, 
The worst thing you can do is to perpetuate it and to keep it going when it's satanic in origin. What God wants us to do is to minimize the work of Satan and maximize the work of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Uh, Number eight, judge nothing before the time. Therefore, be patient. Sometimes you come to conclusions without knowing all the facts. Be slow to come to judgment and realize that God is at work so let him work. Number nine, your response to an, is, to an issue is as important as the issue itself. Just because you don't understand doesn't give you the right to grumble. Every time Israel's back was against the wall, was uncertain, or uh, at a crossroad, she complained and subsequently was judged by God. Sometimes there may be issues that arise in your family or in your marriage or with your children or on your job. And you know what? Your attitude and your ugliness could be greater than the issue that you're confronted with. What God is concerned with is not the, sometimes God allows certain issues to come into your life so that you can see you for who you really are. Okay, I didn't say that this morning, but I'm saying it now. Because God, God, God wants you to see some things about yourself, so he allows that so you can see how much immaturity our maturity that is really in you. Yes. Let me tell you something about apostates. Apostates walk according to their own lust. Verse 16 says, walking according to your own lust. False teachers and pastors and members who are in the church are not in Christ. They're in, they are in the, the house of God, but they are not in the church of God. They appear to have your interests. And uh, on the surface, they look like they are the real thing, but underneath they are wolves in sheep clothing. And they will use the gratification of the flesh. They're without boundaries, have no restraints. They are defiled, debased, and have depraved lifestyle in many cases. We must study, meditate, and obey the word of God daily, lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.